It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW, Sitka. Today is Thursday, April 14th. I'm Meredith Reddick, and this is Raven News. A measure to prohibit all-terrain vehicle rentals in Sitka failed at the assembly table on Tuesday. As KCAW's Catherine Rose reports, the rental ban couldn't gain the assembly's full support because several members wanted the law to distinguish between smaller four-wheelers and larger utility task vehicles. ATVs have been legal on Sitka's streets and roads for almost two months, but some assembly members wanted to tweak the new ATV rules because they were concerned that it would allow a business to give ATV tours or rent the vehicles to tourists. So in late March, the assembly adopted on first reading an amendment that would prohibit leasing or renting them for use on public roads. When the Assembly considered the same amendment on second reading on April 12th, a handful of community members continued to voice concerns that it was too restrictive. Here's former mayor and Assembly member Valerie Nelson. I really think that we need to give people the chance to do this. I'm not seeing hundreds of ATVs on the road that are killing people or accidents, and I haven't read of any reports in the police blotter, so um, please vote no on this ordinance and give people a chance. While the new rule would have banned ATVs for hire, other commercial activities would remain legal. People could still drive the vehicles to work, and businesses could use their own ATVs for things such as hauling loads. Several assembly members, including Crystal Duncan, said they had concerns about ATVs and commercial use, but those same concerns didn't carry over to the larger side-by-side utility task vehicles, which the law also applies to. Duncan suggested adjusting the wording to get fellow assembly members on board. I think when it comes to safety, uh, my main concerns have to do with the use of ATVs and the inexperience that comes with that. I really think you need to have mileage in order to adequately do that. But if you look at UTVs and the way that they were designed, they're basically cars and how they function and that there's a steering wheel. Mayor Steven Eisenbeis agreed. But I think what's unfortunate if this passes tonight is that um, we've, we've tried to get non-local drivers off the road. I think that's been a huge concern here. Um, but this ordinance would prevent a local driver uh, from giving what could be highly desirable tours, uh, wildlife tours on a, on a UTV. So I think uh, probably an unforeseen consequence of the ordinance. But Assemblymember Rebecca Hemshoot worried that after seeing what the summer looked like with a predicted tourist boom and more vehicles on Sitka roads, the Assembly might change its mind next year. If this doesn't pass tonight, if somebody makes a huge investment in, um, you know, having 10 of these that they're wanting to rent out, and then we turn around and say, didn't work, and then ban it for next year, that's a lot of money that person's out. Sponsor Kevin Knox, recognizing that he didn't have the votes needed to pass, said he hoped they would consider an ATV ordinance in the future. And to him, the ATV rental ban isn't just about safety. Uh, I still am concerned, you know, even just from an aesthetic point of view of having, you know, large numbers of, of any kind of vehicle that um, is really, in the end, designed for off-road use. Um, driving around our, our local streets. Um, I think aesthetically it, it changes the character a bit. Ultimately, the Assembly voted three to four against the ban, with Assembly members Dave Miller, Tor Christensen, Crystal Duncan, and Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis opposed. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose.
Alaska lawmakers are considering a bill that would expand testing and regulations for trace amounts of PFAS chemicals in groundwater. PFAS has been linked to cancer and other serious health conditions. Juno Democratic Senator Jesse Keel has sponsored legislation that would police seven varieties of these so-called forever chemicals. They don't break down and often enter the environment from firefighting foams used at airports. These things are bad for people in extremely small amounts. We're talking about parts per trillion in your drinking water. State regulators in 2018 began policing six varieties of PFAS in the final days of Governor Bill Walker's administration. The incoming Dunleavy administration watered down those regulations in the following year. They now mirror federal standards and apply to two of the most common varieties of PFAS. Senate Bill 121 would expand action levels to seven varieties and lower the threshold of what are considered acceptable levels of PFAS. The upshot would be more households and businesses with PFAS in their groundwater could be eligible to receive alternative sources of drinking water from the state. Keel told the Senate Finance Committee on Tuesday that the bill would also heavily restrict the use of the most common contamination source in Alaska. That's PFAS-laced firefighting foams. The bill has an exception for those in the oil and gas business until an alternate firefighting substance is found. Yakutat Borough Manager John Erickson testified in support of the PFAS bill. He says his southeast community has PFAS contamination in wells near the state-owned airport. There aren't a lot of houses out there, but there is the airport where we get about 20% of our sales tax revenue, and there are a number of other businesses out there, and they are all using PFAS at this time. DOT says saw the problem, and so they send in cases of bottled water um, so that the restaurants can still operate. He says extending municipal water in the area that's not PFAS contaminated would cost the community of 600 people at least $6 million, according to estimates from state officials. A companion bill in the House was introduced last year, but it's unclear when either chamber would vote to establish the new PFAS standards in the law. Additionally, if passed, the law would give state regulators the authority to make the standards more stringent, but they could not relax the action levels to less than outlined in the bill. Native Youth Olympics is inspiring Petersburg students who are trying it for the first time. The middle school brought home medals from the traditional games held in Juneau April 2nd and 3rd. It was the first in-person competition the local team had been a part of. KFSK's Angela Denning reports. Petersburg's NYO team is only a few years old. Jamie Cabral began coaching the sport last year, and most of his training's been virtual. This year, practices started up in January, and about 17 students tried it out. By April, a core group of seven 7th and 8th graders wanted to attend the Juno tournament. The event lasted two full days, and Cabral says it was an invaluable experience. It was amazing, not only them learning and participating, but also for myself. Teams from Southeast participated along with several from up north, including Bethel, Nome, Anchorage, Fairbanks, Homer, and Seward. Many NYO events have challenges that include jumping, pulling, or hanging. They all require balance and focus. They're based on hunting and survival skills of the indigenous people in Alaska and the Arctic. Seventh grader Maria Toth took first place in the wrist hang. It's a really like weird um, feeling. 
The event required Toth to hang her entire weight on one wrist, hooked onto a one-inch wooden pole. She lasted for nearly 12 seconds. For me, whenever I do the wrist carry, I don't really feel too much pain because my wrist just gets completely numb. As for her secret to success, she's not exactly sure. One thing that she has learned is to try and not think too much. I usually close my eyes and I don't really think about anything. It's just my mind is completely a blank, black slate, just like fog all over. And I just kind of just listen to everybody around me. That's all I really do to just not really focus on my body. Eighth grader Heidi Brontuis took second place in the Inuit stick pole. She sat across from her opponents, the soles of their feet touching. And then you have a stick in between you. One person has the inside, one person has the outside, and then you pull. And whoever comes off their butt first or falls over or gets a stick ripped out of their hand is the loser and the other person is the winner. And it's best out of three. Another favorite event of Brentuis's is the kneel jump. It's where a person starts on their knees with the tops of their feet flat on the gym floor. Then they jump up and forward. I love it because it was the thing that was the most challenging for me last year, and I just couldn't get up off my knees last year. But this year, I finally was able to, and I got a pretty good distance. She practiced on a wrestling mat until she got the technique down. It's just such a fun game. I think I love it so much. That's seventh grader Nicole Durgan, who competed in about a half dozen events. She's the only Alaska native on the Petersburg team, so the Juno tournament was particularly meaningful to her. I'm the only person with like my main ethnicity being native, so it was really nice to see a lot of really good competitors that were like very native, and it was it was really nice. Another Petersburg student to medal was eighth grader Ani Romine, who took third place in the one arm reach event. In that event, the athlete balances their entire body on the palm of one hand and reaches up with the other to touch a hanging sealskin ball. Juno was the first time that Romine had ever even tried it. It's not like other sports that are more stressful against two teams. And everyone's trying to help each other out and no one's like gets upset. She finished at 30 inches. She says the officials were kind and helped her understand it. Her teammates also noticed the supportive environment. Everyone's just cheering everyone on, no matter what team they're on or what place they got. Even the people who were on the same team as the other people would cheer for both people. It was probably the most sportsmanship I've ever seen in, like, any other sport. The students love the sport so much that Coach Cabral says he plans to start a high school team in Petersburg. He also hopes to get it into the PE program. In Petersburg, I'm Angela Denning. I'm Meredith Reddick, and this has been Raven News.